When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. All right, I think we're going, Davo. Blue White Breakdown. Me and you. Talking all things well, Penn State football. We can talk a little bit about Beaver Stadium. We can talk about your I thought you had an interesting uh, story just on on revenue and Big Ten revenue and USC and UCLA coming in and where the where the schools rank, how they're doing. No surprise, I guess, who was at the top. But what what was most interesting to you when you kind of researched this about kind of the the ranking of the programs? Like, would it be the fact that US, USC and UCLA don't really generate that much money or what? Honestly, I didn't get to UCLA and USC until uh, the next morning. It didn't occur to me to include them, and, I, and then I was like, "Man, what am I thinking? What am I thinking here? I gotta, I gotta look them up." This is revenue for the entire athletic department, or just football team? No, just football and just gross revenue for football. Uh, and it does not include; it's all internal revenue. It does not include the Big Ten payout. And then later, I did the next day. I did one on uh, the SEC, and that did not include the. Uh, the SEC payout, we're talking about TV and streaming payout, which is massive. I mean, it, what, what you find out when you run these lists and you run all the revenue figures is what an equalizer that TV revenue is for schools like Vanderbilt and uh, Indiana and Purdue and Mississippi State and what a lower class they are. Really, it's almost like the inequity in classes that's happening in the larger economy in America, uh, the same thing's happening with college football. The rich are getting richer and the poor, well, the relatively poor. We're talking about two of the most affluent conferences and the two most affluent conferences in the country. They're just treading water. Um, they're around 30, 40 million per year gross revenue. And then the, the ones at the top, Michigan, my God. I was surprised me how big of I mean how they they are that far there's that big of a gap between them and Ohio State. Yeah, you saw that, right? Yeah, yeah. That that did surprise you, right? Thirty one to like one ten or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and then and then Penn State right on their right right on their butts for the first time in Ohio State. And change or yeah. something. But but the striking thing is, you know, we're talking about a new Big Ten TV payout that'll be seventy around seventy million per school uh, that's kicking in now. These figures were from the 2021-22 fiscal year, so they don't account for that new deal, but it, it, it will start kicking in now. But you're talking about Indiana and Purdue 
and Rutgers and um, who am I forgetting down in the bottom? They're clearing, you know, like 10, 20 million a year on 40, 35, 40 million gross revenue. Don't forget about Maryland. Maryland's pretty Maryland, low. Yeah. The TV contract is like 70 million. It's, it's by far the largest component uh, for all of those schools. Uh, just based on their 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 gross revenue, their internal revenue, which is not included, you know, the TV contract is not included in these figures. So that's that's what's striking to me. And then the inequity from the top to the bottom. You've got Michigan at. Did you say it was one thirty one? I don't have the figures. Said, yeah, I have it up. I thought I thought it was one thirty one. Yeah, one thirty one point four. Ohio State one hundred nine point two. Penn State one hundred seven point one. Yeah, and then you go down, and <laughs> and the other striking thing was UCLA at the bottom at forty at forty three million. That is surprising, I think, to a lot of people. Even below Rutgers, <laughs> and it's not surprising to anyone on the West Coast. They've been underwater financially. Wow, for a while they don't. Have you seen any of the crowds that what they call crowds at yeah, the Rose Bowl? Those those games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, have you seen those Rose Bowl shots <laughs> when they play Cal or somebody? What is Chip Kelly doing still there? Get out <laughs> well, of there. They, they were eight and four, you know, this season that I'm talking about. And what were they last year? I forget. I think he's slowly kind of gotten them a little bit turned around. Yeah. I mean, an eight and four season in the Midwest or the East where they, they love football can you imagine if Rutgers was had an eight and four team? They'd they'd be filling that place. Mm-hmm. They just do not value football out there at all at UCLA. We're not talking about USC, uh, and USC has had its own financial difficulties that are more intrinsic to the athletic department, where Clay Helton was signed to a ridiculous extension by Lynn Swan. A few years ago, they couldn't unload him. And the fan base, which is very, very much different than UCLA's, very fervent fan base. They, they love football. They just kind of rebelled and they quit showing up. So Southern Cal ranks number nine in this list among the Big Ten's uh, 16 teams, as they will be in 2024. With only 70 million, they're behind Minnesota. You know, they're 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 behind Iowa. Uh, they're behind Wisconsin. So I think that will change. They were uh, when I started doing these figures, 2016, I think it was 2017. Southern California was consistently in the top 20 in gross revenue. Now they're down around 35, 40 uh, in the nation. And I think that will change now that they've got uh, a new coach over there. Uh, who's doing some things I think they're excited about in Lincoln Riley. So that will change, but I don't think UCLA ever will. They were always kind of a throw-in, a toss-in to consolidate the Los Angeles market in this. They just don't care about football there at all. I mean, it's kind of like Indiana or Purdue. It's it's never going to be a big sport there. Dave, one year, it's going to take a little bit more work, but... If you could do one on secret SEC slush funds for 
football programs that aren't. They don't have to be secret anymore, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, back in the, I guess I meant like back in the day, secret slush months, you know, back like 10 years ago, 15 years. Did you ever watch the 30 for 30 about SMU and the death penalty? Yeah, Yeah. Oh, it's just a classic. The big takeaway from that was that the entire Southwest Conference was cheating. <laughs> like, <laughs> were there nine of them, right, with Arkansas? I don't know, but it was it was some pretty crazy stuff. And that was in the 80s. That was in the early 80s, probably the late 70s. Who knows what it was like as we marched closer to like, now. The, the entire Southwest Conference was cheating, but they couldn't have SEMU winning. <laughs> that was the problem. <laughs> couldn't have that. Express funded by... Uh, a consortium of probably Texas millionaires, who knows? including the governor. I mean, the governor was involved. Yeah, it was crazy, a crazy story. Texas is going to Texas, Dave. I think we all know that. Well, that's- speaking of that, I mean, that's where we get into the SEC figures. I did a couple days later. Did you see? You didn't see that one. I did not. Well, Texas and Oklahoma, if they are seated in with the rest of the SEC programs, who are not exactly poor. Uh, they are number one and number three, respectively. Texas, $161 million. <laughs> the number one in the nation. I mean, can you think of an athletic department or a football program that's done less with more than Texas? <laughs> really? And that doesn't, does that not include the Longhorn, Longhorn Network or whatever? They have a, and they have a- that does not include the Longhorn Network, no. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah, not not that that's a huge money maker, but <laughs> it's not exactly the Big Ten network. And Oklahoma at one hundred and thirty three million. Uh, those are are sandwiched around Georgia at one fifty six, the number two. So it's much much different than UCLA and USC joining the Big Ten. You've got two real heavyweights joining the already filthy rich. Uh, as top of the SEC, the top echelon. Uh, but also in the SEC, you get down in the bottom reaches, uh, Mississippi State, 40, Kentucky, 37. Can It looks to me, and some of these schools like Rutgers has always cooked their books so that they list revenues and, and expenses as the exact same figure, which always indicates a shortfall. I mean, you you, you think that's got to be a deficit. And they're balancing the budget through other funds from other places in the university. That's that's what that is. That's what Rutgers has always had to do. Kentucky did that. Kentucky did that in their last um, report. This is the the um, equity and athletics data dump uh, mandated by the U.S. Department of Education. So these these figures are usually all all the same. Although West Virginia did some sketchy bookkeeping that no nobody understood but it's west virginia. it's a pyramid scheme at west virginia Dan. <laughs> it's west virginia. hey we got to get to bob huggins uh speaking of that <laughs> uh but but kentucky it appears didn't even make a profit on football <laughs> which is just you know amazing they listed 30 37 million 38 million in revenue and you got missouri down there at 35 million and vanderbilt at 33 who you know, don't even belong in the SEC. They're a private school. Uh, So you've got this huge inequity of three and four and even five times the gross revenue uh, comparing the top and the bottom. This is the Blue White Breakdown.
Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. Dave, before we get to Bob Huggins, I want to I wanna talk about something with you that it's near near and dear to Penn State football fans. And just generally, just your thoughts, because, you know, you've been around the block a little bit when it comes to Penn State football, as have I. But Beaver Stadium, a renovation, when it's all said and done, it's part of a $700 million project that's going to get real interesting, I think, after 2020-24 season. It's going to take a while, but... You know, rather than go into the details of it, what would you like to see Penn State do <laughs> to fix their stadium? That's maybe common sense that I think the fan base would really like to see. I could not care less. Uh, oh. I mean, we 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 became fans in football when you had to squeeze into seats. I mean, where did you? Where did you first first watch college football before you were a reporter? You know what? I'm trying to. Well, as a Nebraska fan, there wasn't. I, I didn't go to a lot of Nebraska games, but. I, I really wasn't that familiar with, you know, I, when I was at, when I would cover the Express uh, Eastern area, Express Times, I would go to the Lehigh Lafayette games. That's, those are small stadiums where you're just smushed together. I mean, I, for, for me, like Moravian College. So it's, I'm used to small, small seats at smaller colleges, but not at a place like Penn State. That's well, what they, that is. they smash you in there. If you go to Michigan, that's notorious for, they smash as many people together. You got like 15 inches in your seat like this, and you're you're like this. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. If, if it was up to me, I would have fewer seats, especially now where maybe maybe the interest in college football has plateaued a little. How about fewer seats? That might be in keeping with the trend, though, and I, I don't like this, that you you're getting more money out of fewer people and pricing. Uh, the middle class out of the seats. So that wouldn't be good. Uh, maybe a little more comfort in Beaver Stadium. I hope some amenities. I hope maybe some more women's bathrooms. That would help for, for women who have notoriously had to search around. I guess it's better than it used to be. And of course, what we're going to see is something I may not see it, but uh, you probably will, is, is a, a new press box because the reporters are uncomfortable. Oh, no, the, the reporters are too hot. They're too cold. <laughs> Dave, I, I actually, considering like where we've watched games in the Big Ten, I don't really have a big problem with Penn State's press. I love our press box. I think I love, we have it better than almost everyone. I love our press box because it's open. Yeah. You can hear the crowd. Sure, yep. sure. Sometimes it's hot or cold in there, but who cares? Well, look at some of those other toilets we have to watch games at, and the—I mean—the way that they we're taken care of, it's not great. Well, a lot of them have been refurbished and redone, but they're sterile. That's what I take away. I mean, even even like Purdue has been redone up in up in the uh, press box, and there the 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 windows are sealed, so everything's walled off. You really can't hear the crowd. My favorite stadium in the whole place is Wisconsin, and it's probably the most old school <laughs> yeah, Camp Randall. Because yeah. when they when they get uh, the the third quarter, fourth quarter break with House of Pain going in there, you can actually see the place, and it's a hundred years old. Yeah, it's a little terrifying, but sure, there's a adrenaline rush in there. Yeah, because they've got these old lamps that start doing this during during jump around. Uh, I love that place. 
it isn't doesn't have all the amenities and, and if people might not know but do you remember when when paterno was mocking us for uh saying that it, you know you, they've redone everything in the stadium but the press box <laughs> remember that and he said oh they didn't put us a two hat what are we gonna do <laughs> yeah I, I I think our press boxes always look kind of like a submarine. I kind of like the look of it. I like the whole thing. I like the fact that you have to duck around some corners, and I, I don't mind it. I, I just love it because, uh, I mean, the spread's always great. They always – I, I think we're very well taken care of. I, I don't think that would be a priority of mine at all. I, re, I, I don't know. I understand why people – and, it, and if you don't want, if you don't want to write your article, I'll write your article over for you in there. You got your free food. You're all nice and warm. <laughs> Bob Flounders sitting in there with his free food all the time. Yeah, you're spoiled. You're spoiled. Pat um, <laughs> Kraft, uh, Charlie Thompson did a story uh, recently about the renovation, and uh, he he uh, quotes Pat Kraft, and in particular, point of pride for many Penn Staters. Kraft said, "Care will be taken to keep." The stadium's game day capacity above 100,000. Said Kraft, we will never be under 100,000. That's who we are. Oh, well, great. You know. <laughs> you know what, Dave? I think one of the more interesting things that they're get they're finally getting right and they're finally addressing is they're gonna winterize the stadium. And it's, you know, it's 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 obviously with a nod to hopefully the future successful maybe playoff games there, but also, you know, I think, I think there is, there's it'd be a, quite an experience to, you know, have that Beaver stadium host some things, whether it's hockey or whatever it is, uh, special events. I think it would draw, it's like, it's, it's in a good spot geographically. Everything would sell out. The main reason they're winterizing is they got to get ready for the college football playoff because all of a sudden it's, yeah. it's but I mean, you can also host some things too there as well but yeah they have to do well, it well yeah Kraft had mentioned out of nowhere to me that that the the NHL game on January 1st where the winter classic is yeah, that what he said that's a, that's yeah. a, that's in a goal of his is oh we've got a we've got a special visitor he's back he, <laughs> he how's the convalescence going oh my god he, he's I don't know if people know you can dogs can tear their ACLs they call it CCL yeah, he's 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 re- recuperating. He's about twelve days off. The podcast Kaiser's now on the on the video, and he's 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 on the way back. He's rehabbing a torn ACL. <laughs> he's he's bouncing around way more than he should. Well, just keep spoiling him. That's all I would ask you do. I I, I think the Winter Classic would be great in that place. And are you watching any playoff hockey? Sure, sure I am. Sure I am. It's been a, one surprise after another. I'm surprised the West is this good. How about Seattle? Well, how about Boston rolling out in Game Seven? That's the thing that I can't get past. Oh, with a hot—that's what happens with a hot goaltender. Eh? Yeah. Look, I, you, I knew you. You should have covered hockey. You should have covered. You should have been the Hershey Bears beat writer <laughs> instead of me for two years. You would have loved it. You know what I did is I gravitated toward Russians, <laughs> and I actually got a translator to to translate Russian for me, and then they were they would talk like crazy. I talked to a. a a guy from the Flyers who was Russian, and I talked to one of the Bears who was Russian because you could, I mean, they couldn't even understand English. I don't remember how I came upon a translator. It was like an off day. And, and when people can understand you all of a sudden, they have all sorts of things to say. I was, I remember at the, the Little League World Series one time, I had a talk with a South Korean reporter, and I had to translate with my phone. It was the first iPhone. I think I had a 5C. 
and but it would translate your flip, your flip phone wouldn't do that dave <laughs> <laughs> it would translate language and I was asking him questions in English and it would translate to Korean and his face just brightened up. We so, so as you make the effort, you know, yeah, really when you make the effort, that's right. And so often people, we don't make the effort. We think uh, everyone else ought to speak our language. And I, I, I yeah. think it's cool. Anyway, I don't, we're I don't understand how the Russians can drink that much vodka as like their base and, and just, thrive as as you know i mean it's it's that's a hard go that's a hard life to if that's your go-to drink what do you do when you're not drinking coors light i mean if you drink a hard liquor what is it it's not it's definitely not vodka that's uh i mean i know that i know that the better the vodka the the more refined the taste but geez louise you know i like bourbon i like straight jack jack on the rocks nothing in it uh but what do you drink i don't even i've never seen you drink any liquor I can't remember you drinking liquor. I, I drink a lot of, uh, I shouldn't say a lot of, I could say a lot of. Screwball whiskey is is my go-to when I need Oh, that. okay. Yeah. It's peanut butter. I'm, peanut butter is one of my favorite foods. So I was always going to be that way with that. I, I enjoy that. But just just drinking vodka. Woo! I mean, those, God bless the, God bless the Russian the Russian people who subsist on that on a daily basis. Every time you do that, I think of Tim Curley. I know. But it's, it's, I mean, I know there's such a thing as a tolerance, but there's also such a thing as like just destroying your liver. So I don't know. I don't know that they're making. I don't know that tolerance really comes into play there. Yes, it's it's kind of the uh, the speedball of uh, drinks. I don't. <laughs> it's for it's for hardcore people. I don't. Okay. I don't uh, that was a John Belushi it. reference, I think somehow, but. Hey Dave, so uh, you mentioned Bob Huggins. Uh, if you just want to, if you if you really want to talk about it, we could. I don't know how many. I don't know if Penn State fans are aware of what he said, but if you want to, we got a couple minutes left. You go for it. Well, I happen to know about this talk show host. Do you remember the time that Clay Travis, before anyone knew who Clay Travis was, had James Franklin on when he was at Vanderbilt? I don't. I do not. You, you don't remember this? I do. It not. was twenty twelve. Uh, maybe that summer. He got Franklin into trouble by asking. Oh, is this about the recruiting? Yeah. I remember this. Dopey frat boy questions. You know, and, and when coaches play along with it, there is no, I covered it and I know there is no scummier industry in America <laughs> than radio. There isn't. There are no scruples. Everything is about ratings and they will do whatever is necessary. There's a guy in Cincinnati named Bill Cunningham, who's always been that guy. And now he's like 74 years old, but he's still on the radio at WLW, which used to be a great station back in the 80s, would have Bob Trumpy and, and mm. uh, Randy Michaels was running the thing. Wow. And a, guy, a guy named Gary Burbank, who was a terrific afternoon disc jockey, and they had a midday guy. And it was, it was a really well-run station with good, funny people on uh, in the last 20, 25 years, WLW has just degenerated. And this was the Reds flagship for, I think it still is for all those years with Marty Brown and Joe Nuxall. It's degenerated into this cheap ass right wing, horrible crap. And Bill Cunningham is the flagship guy. And he's still there. He tried his hand at uh, doing a Jerry Springer, God rest Jerry Springer uh, show. Uh, which was called Conflict TV. You remember, they're just about screaming and arguing and, and family conflict and just just sleazy stuff. He tried his hand at that, 
and had that syndicated for a few years and it didn't really take off. And now he's back in Cincinnati and he had Bob Huggins on and it sounded like Huggins had been drinking. I don't know. No. I know. I know. Hard, hard to believe. Get out of here. Was it during the day? Then chances are it probably was. Asked him a couple of leading questions and, and, are we allowed to say the uh, the F word on? I would tread pretty lightly, maybe just paraphrase or just. He started talking about the Crosstown shootout, which was the, the Xavier Cincinnati basketball game, which was pretty acrimonious. And when you hear it, you can't believe it. You can't believe the stupidity of him. You know, he might say that in private and that would be wrong, too. And if somebody says it out loud, you know, they say it in private. But but the very fact that he said it on the radio and all these guys are going, ha, 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 and Bill Cannon Cunningham's going, isn't he the best to his idiot right-hand man, his, his wingman? And Bill Cunningham will not be touched. Uh, he's, he's, like the, the, he's like Michael Savage or one of those guys who the, the, the more ridiculous, the, the more reprehensible the things he says the more the station loves it because that's radio and radio radio is scummy to its core but i don't know if bob huggins is going to be fired either as he hasn't been fired yet i don't think anything has happened to him yet which indicates to me maybe nothing's gonna happen to him he'll get he'll get suspended or something uh, but to me it indicates a tolerance for the that word as compared to the n word which if anyone said it, you would think he'd be gone. But this kind of slides in West Virginia. Uh, we will see. And I think that's wrong, too. But, you know, people tolerate who they want to tolerate. And in West Virginia, I think you can roll with that stuff. We, we'll see. But Huggins, the thing is, Bob Huggins is not a stupid guy. He is a smart guy. I have quoted him in stories and I actually have liked certain things about him because he's he's honest in in the way he assesses the situation and how sleazy college basketball can be. I mean, he would know, right? But his players swear by him. They love him. And there's no excuse for somebody with intelligence to to use that word. What you're just trying to do is please these these frat boy idiots on the radio it just indicates a weakness in in wanting to be uh palsy with those sorts of people i don't i don't get it but then he apologizes how can, how can you apologize and say i will be better at 69 years old <laughs> either you've learned this or you haven't you don't have any more time left to learn and be better bob i'm sorry yeah all right, Davo. I think uh, I think our time is up here on the blue white breakout. Hey, tell Kaiser I wish him well in his in his recovery and to stay as still as possible because the yes. still <laughs> that's as still as he's going to get. But <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it's a quick rehab. Look, and he's at, look at the shaved hip. I mean, isn't I that horrible? Oh, I poor know. puppy. He just wants sympathy, Bob. He just wants sympathy. Yeah, well, he's earned it. He's earned it. All right, guys, we'll be back probably next week to talk about some other Penn State-related stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you then. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>